Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Tuesday, May 1st. 2018 edition. Hey, I've got a great show that I did over the weekend. It is up there on my Patreon. It's called The Hidden Occult Secret Behind April 30th and May 1st, aka Beltane. If you want to listen to it, it is only available on Patreon for the VIP patrons of $25 or more, but you still can get that show. So do that and find out why this day is very significant to the occult world. And there's a powerful prayer on there as well. Well, listen, I want to jump right into the program. We have a lot to cover. I can't wait to introduce my guest. His dad is a very longtime good friend of the show. It is Tom Horn's son, Joe Horn. I can't wait to get into his book, Time Bomb. So excited to have him on. Joe Horn, welcome to the program. So good to have you on, sir. Thank you, Sheila. I'm glad to be here. Okay, I'm just going to give a little spoiler alert. He sounds exactly like his dad. Oh, my goodness. Where I want to start is talk about what led up to you writing this book called Time Bomb. So that's kind of a long story. We'll try to collapse it for your listeners. But before I do that, I want to thank you, Sheila, for all of the hard work that you put into producing your program. Um, You're at the forefront of the important stuff that news should be covering. You're doing it through a biblical worldview. And man, we need a million more Sheila Zelinskis out there doing exactly what you so if you're listening to this program you're in the right place so just thank you for your work and thank you for letting me come on the program and share a piece of my testimony so time bomb is it's kind of an amalgamation of things that I both lived through and the things that I've gleaned since I've had some some pretty catastrophic health challenges that aren't really about me see I don't think I'm that interesting this this is not a biography Um, I don't just assume on its face that people that don't know me want to hear my story. I had to look at everything through the lens of, is there a benefit to others learning maybe from some of the things that I dealt with? And I suspected that there was because, Sheila, I'm here to tell you, would it shock you if I told you that the world's leading holistic neuroscientists and doctors today believe that as many as 80% of Americans, as we're doing this broadcast, 80% of Americans now are walking around with a medical crisis time bomb in their bodies as we speak, completely unaware that they will soon become hostage to prolonged chronic disease and potentially cancer. You know, generically, most people accept generically that we're living in a time where you, you see a lot of memes on Facebook where people will link a certain disease within a child demographic to what they're blaming a vaccine for or some kind of a cancer and they'll blame a food group for it. And a lot of people, I hearken it back. You remember the movie, um, The Matrix? Yep. Absolutely. I I use this analogy because a lot of folks will get it right away. Do you remember the scene where Neo, at the very front of the first movie, he's trapped in the Matrix and he knows that something just isn't quite right, but he can't quite put his finger on it. I do. Remember that scene? And then Trinity calls him on the phone for the first time and she's telling him, you know that something is wrong. It's all around you. What is the Matrix? It's all around you. Well, most people, that's their relationship to food, to chemicals, to household cleaning detergents, vaccines, they have questions, they're not sure. And Google can be incredibly informative if you know where to look for the right information, but it can also be very terrifying and also filled with a lot of garbage that that nobody should be reading. And all it does is serve to incite fear and panic. And so people kind of stop at the assumption that what they know they're eating isn't good for them, but they just don't really know where to start. 
like, can I afford, is eating organic, I hear people say that, does that help me? Man, I've seen the prices, it looks really expensive, do I have to do that? Man, I don't think my budget will allow for organic eating, and there are some games going on out there with some of that too that that are cause for concern, like big farming, the, the depletion of the quality of the vegetables that we get in this country, and so like, what can be trusted, even if it says organic, is that real? Well, that's that's part of why I wrote the Time Bomb book. Time Bomb is a guide. It was designed to be a guide so that a person could literally take it with them if they want to, go to the grocery store and use the section on the label game as a navigational tool to kind of help them read beyond the smoke screen so that they know when they're shopping what is safe are there things at least safer than what i've been buying and can i afford to do this and should i do this and so that's that's part of it but why did i why suddenly this chapter of my life uh, do i write the book time bomb it wasn't just built on an innate curiosity about the foods we eat it was the damage that i was doing to my body that for me became unsustainable And this is where the 80 percentile of Americans land, Sheila. You know that as well as I do, and I started this earlier, generically, we're at a place in this country in particular where a lot of people would tell you that disease is on the rise. Children more and more are being diagnosed with diabetes at ages where it doesn't make any sense. Um, Being medicated for things like hyperthyroidism, autoimmune disease through the sky in, in younger and younger and younger people. If you look at mice that are studied in laboratories... They've done genetically modified food tests where mice are presented with genetically modified corn or completely organic corn. And when presented with an option, mice, every single time, every single time, will choose the holistic, organic, non-GMO corn. Every time. They look identical. What do the mice know that we don't know? What do they sense that we don't sense, right? But you put, you know, the same option in front of a human being. We'll just eat whatever's there. We butter it up, salt it up, we eat it. Animals instinctively avoid this stuff. Well, Joe, I got to tell you this quick story because this is a true story. I'm just going to throw it in there. Real quick story. We had a kind of an anthill in front of our house and my middle son was walking on the sidewalk to school and he accidentally dropped his sucker and the ants, they went completely around this lollipop. So anyway, we just tried to put a few different foods on there to see. Well, it turns out the one food that these ants avoided like the plague, the one common ingredient was aspartame. Isn't that unbelievable? Now, I'm not saying it's a Harvard study or anything. Just interesting observation. That's well, a so, <laughs> well, there you go. You're, you're, you're helping me with my point. Thank you for that. <laughs> you're avoiding the excitotoxins we have not yet talked about. <laughs> and uh, only under threat of starvation do the mice choose to finally, only under threat of starvation and death, do they finally cave and eat the genetically modified corn. These mice then go on to procreate. They create a new lineage. This is their, this is their offspring. And a lot of the genetically modified deteriorative damage does not surface visibly or trackably in the very next offspring. But when those mice are fed purely genetically modified corn, their lineage now, talking three generations now, begin to show all kinds of infertility, kidney disease, much, much shorter lifespans. There's a huge spike in blindness. Wow. 
So when you parallel that and you realize, okay, we as a human being could study, you know, multiple, multiple, multiple lineages of mice because they procreate, live, and die so quick. But could we be seeing some of this in in terms of what is humanity is experiencing, only it's playing out much slower? So here we go. Our great-grandparents, you know, they lived more agrarian lives. They farmed. They got up part. I remember my grandmother. This was nothing. They, Her and my grandpa, Charlie, they always had a garden going in the backyard. My, my, uh, my granny, who who lives in uh, Fall City, Oregon. She still gardens and cans food. Yeah. You go out to her pantry and she's got, I mean, talk about long-term storage food. She could eat forever based on the stuff she's made and canned herself. But today, our kids, they don't have these skills. No. They don't have this familiarity. They they wouldn't know the first thing about canning or how to garden. And so not to get into that, but but the point is we, we've kind of moved away from agrarian society. We're eating lots and lots of processed foods. We live these sedentary lifestyles behind computers, behind vehicles. We don't get enough vitamin D. Every everything in the environment, almost Sheila, is attacking what it means to be a human being. Um, it's the stuff that you run your your coffee through every morning when you drink a K cup. It's the household cleaning products that get under your skin and absorbed into the bloodstream that then survive for weeks on end trying to find a place to create damage to the kidneys. It's the stuff that we freshen the air with, the aerosol stuff, the chemicals that get absorbed into the lungs, enter the bloodstream, survive for weeks on end looking for a place to create damage. Okay, I get it. Commercial cereals, they're probably not good. <laughs> My husband works. I work. What do you want me to do? I can't garden. I don't have time. I live in the city. I don't have any space. Maybe there's no local produce. Maybe I can't go to a farmer up the road. Like, I don't know what to do about it. And therefore, they just continue on doing what they feel they must to put food on the table, to work their nine to fives, to be parents, to raise their children, to pastor churches, to do whatever it is they're doing. So Time Bomb is an expose that was designed exactly for those people as kind of a, a rescue guide. Here is what, because there are lots and lots of things you can do to avoid these dangerous, I, I call it the food genocide. And I know that sounds sensational, but it is literally, when you look at the staggering increase in autoimmune disease, cancers, premature deaths, it's a food genocide. The other thing I want your listeners to know is that Time Bomb is not a diet book. It is not a diet book. You're not going to pay uh, turn to page 30 and then find out, okay, this month's diet gimmick, uh, you know, we're going to we're going to increase fats and reduce carbs and here's what but then the next month we're going it is not a, a, a diet book. It is literally a field guide for uh, how to read the labels, how to avoid the label games, how to avoid these toxic ingredients, but also, Sheila, another huge portion of the Time Bomb book deals in part with my personal journey I, I don't know if your listeners have, have followed my professional career or my ministry, and I don't want to assume that they, they have, so I'll back up. So if you've heard this, please be patient. I have to assume that maybe there are listeners that don't know this. Um, I'm middle-aged now. When I was in my early 20s, I started to develop all kinds of symptoms. I started finding all of a sudden that coming out of my teens, I didn't feel youthful anymore. I thought this was just aging, but then it got bizarre and way, way, way more painful. I developed what would be diagnosed over and over and over again and treated with antibiotics over and over and over again. Things like prostatitis, chronic prostatitis. I remember by the time I was in my late 20s, they had put me on Cipramax for 90 days. And I just took it blindly. Now, the people that know what Cipramax is just cringed. It's a very powerful antibiotic. What I didn't know, Sheila, was that as I was doing this constant, constant, constant overexposure to antibiotics, I was destroying in my body what is called your gut flora. 
you can't often kill the negative bacteria without taking the good bacteria in your body that you need to be able to break and digest food. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So in your gut tube, from the time that you swallow food, there's the lining in your gut. You actually need a certain amount of healthy bacteria in order to break food particles down so that then your uh, intestines can absorb all the nutrients that you need to produce the hormones that keep you balanced and keep your mood in order. You know, with men, it's testosterone. Women, the, the, the natural production of estrogen that gives them all of the feelings that they that they have to, to mother and to make a home. Everything that is important to your natural deep sleeping cycles with cortisone to feel like a normal, thriving, healthy person takes place in the gut. Believe it or not, most of your physiology, Sheila, starts in the gut. Now, you can look at side effects like arthritis, or maybe somebody's been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease like lupus or Crohn's or diverticulosis. And I'm here to tell you that there is so much hope for that. This was the other huge part of what Time Bomb was written to do, is to shed light for people out there that are suffering, like I did, because I've not even divulged a, a microcosm of my personal testimony, and we can talk some more about that. A series of autoimmune diseases that I would either be diagnosed with over the following 20 years, up until a few years ago, literally had begun. I felt like it had claimed my life, Sheila. I was, I was a believer. I was trying to serve the Lord. I was trying to do, but I had nothing in the tank. Early diagnosis in my late 20s of things like chronic prostatitis, the overuse of antibiotics, you could add to the pile prostatinia inflammation in the prostate, pleuritis, pleurisy, the uh, inflammation, chronic inflammation of the lung wall, never smoked, just inflammation coming from my core, headaches, chronic fatigue syndrome, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, they wanted to put me on all kinds of medications. I had uh, three colonoscopies by the time I was in my early 30, 30s, two urethral cams where they go up and they, they look at my kidneys. The point is this goes on and on at nauseum. There's not enough time in this program to litigate the, the whole experience. That is in the book Time Bomb, but again, it's not a biography. This all culminates. And by the way, I want to tell you that not one time did any of my primary care, and this is not an attack on Western medicine. It really and truly is not. Some of the most wonderful people I've ever known are believers. They're Western doctors. It, it's simply that some of the things that we're seeing now with the nefarious chemicals coming out of corporations that are being put into your food every single day are damaging damaging your body in ways that Western medicine recognizes as imbalances. Hey, you have hyperthyroidism. Your body's not producing enough cortisone. So they want to they wanna put you on a pharmaceutical response now for what is a, a disease that they put a label on. A lot of this stuff can be put into remission through gut care. That, to me, was the most hopeful part of this. So going back about a year and a half ago, Sheila, I'm on an operating table, and I talk about this in the book. I'd been told for years, and, and, and part of the title, Time bomb was the way I viewed this disease that I finally got diagnosed with called diverticulosis. And if you're not familiar with that, these are weak spots in your large intestine. Think of like a balloon when it sits around for a couple of days and it deflates. You know how it kind of gets those weak spots, those little protrusions. And what happens is it creates a place where bacteria can get in the large intestine and just hide out. That bacteria can become infected and then it's chronic and then you have to have, you know, antibiotics. It starts to spread through the, the intestines. You don't know this is happening 
nothing until suddenly you, you're experiencing hot fevers, lots of pain in the large intestine, your guts hurt generally, and you end up in the ER. I was told by a specialist that did my second colonoscopy, you have diverticulosis. And I remember sitting there, and I didn't know what that word meant, and it really, really scared me. I mean, it just did. What does that mean? I didn't know that, that it's a deformity in the large intestine. I was told, however, this can be hereditary. It can be genetic. We don't really know why it happens. A lot of people have it. Take fiber. Nobody ever told me one time anything to do with diet. This includes the whole 20-year run. Not any of this other stuff. Never one time did anybody ever tell me, take a look at natural medicine, take a look at uh, diet. So I end up on an operating table in a situation where I was told leading up to this moment, usually by the time people have their third infection in the large intestine because of diverticulitis, which is the infection that comes around from diverticulosis, by the time they get to the third infection, it's probably time to remove that portion of the colon because it becomes chronic. And if you don't, I was warned, if you don't, you will have continual infections, and what's going to happen is one of those infections is going to burst the large intestine, and now you're going to be in the emergency room with whatever doctor is there available at that moment in the middle of the night, maybe in the middle of the morning, whatever, to do a, uh, an emergency colon resection surgery, and that can be fatal. I, and, I, and again, nobody ever said a word about diet. So what finally ended up happening, Sheila, was I came face to face with what I understood to be my third infection. I was at the ER, I was in the middle of the night, and they did another CT scan and determined, yes, indeed, it is your diverticulitis, it is back. They put me on antibiotics, but this time, unlike historically, the infection felt like it wasn't going away. Usually within a week, you start to get able to walk around again, you start feeling like you're alive again. This time, that did not happen. And I went back to I went back to my primary care doctor and I said, I don't know what's going on. I've been on antibiotics now, Cipromax again for another two weeks, and it's not going away. I and I'm starting to sweat bullets. This is that time bomb. Oh my goodness, if this is the one where it's gonna burst my colon, I'm gonna end up dead in the middle of the night. Um, and just a lot of just trusting the Lord, but doing it with a degree of shortness of breath at times. <laughs> I'm just being real with your listeners. Yeah. Uh, you know, we walk in faith, but but when somebody's told you and you've been conditioned to believe that you could die suddenly because of this thing that you've been dealing with. I'm not going to lie and say that I was completely beyond some of the human emotions that go along with an experience like that. <laughs> so I kept going back to the specialist and they said, okay, well, let's do some more antibiotics because this, this time we got to really knock this thing out. So they put me on another two weeks. I ended up on antibiotics now for about a month. I'm wrecking my guts. I have no ability to digest food at all because the fundamental way that you do that is absolutely not with round after round of antibiotic. <laughs> so I go back in. Joe, it's time. My surgeon was a very nice man, but he said, Joe, he said it just like this. He said, you're not the worst case of diverticulitis I've ever seen, but you are the reason we invented this surgery. And so I said, honey, that's it. I don't know. We got to do it. So there are risks. And that was that was what had me. That was what was driving this, this need to just adhere to what I was being told. Th this is a very long story. Let me get to the punchline. I finally agreed to the surgery. I go through the process. The recovery was unbelievably more challenging than I suspected that it was. I remember telling my surgeon, he's telling me it's going to be a couple of months before I feel normal. Now I'm telling you, man. I had no idea what I was in for. But here was the irony. So I'm still under anesthesia. The surgeon walks out and he tells my wife there was no infection. Oh. What I now realize 
was that I had destroyed my gut and I was living now with, with what is known to the holistic natural uh, medicine community as leaky gut syndrome. And no matter how much, we need to talk about that because that is behind what is driving this 80% of the Americans listening to this program. And I do not want to incite fear because Time Bomb is a very, very hopeful expose. My goal here is to try to shed light and bring hope to people that these are things that can be reversed through diet, supplementation, and the proper use of exercise and lifestyle change. Things that you can't imagine can be reversed. Things that we've been indoctrinated as I once was to believe these are things we have to accept. This is the way my life is going to look now. They've told me I've got X, Y, Z. Let me give you an example, Sheila. Did you know that the thyroid alone governs more than 58 what traditional Western medicine regards as incurable chronic disease yeah. or autoimmune disease? The thyroid alone, more than 58 brands of that. If you see like some of the doctors that I've dealt with from the natural community, holistic doctors, they think completely differently. They actually support the body's ability to, through the use, by the way, of the herbs of the land that God has given us, this is biblical, to use to help support the very organs that are out of balance so that they can be persuaded to come back into balance and begin to produce the hormones properly once again. And the diseases that would previously get a label and a pharmaceutical intervention go away. Way. Does this make sense? Yeah. So as I come out of this surgery, imagine when my pain lingered, I, after about four months, I started to kind of panic again, Sheila. Honest to God, I thought I had colon cancer. I really did. I, I was telling my wife, I said, you know, there's no way you have pain like this and nothing's there. There's just no way. So we scheduled another colonoscopy. I went in, Joe, we don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's clean as a whistle. Uh, and all the while, uh, to Sheila, this pain went on with just severe fatigue. Oh. I mean, like I'm dying fatigue. Like I, I remember having these moments where I'd stand up and, and, and I'd try to take my kids to the park and from the car to the park bench and I'm almost blacking out just like, Lord, what is going on in my body level fatigue? Well, and but that's just it. As a Christian, because, you know, we're hurt. You know, if you have faith, you can be healed. And But, oh, what's going on in your life? We have those Job friends. Hmm, can you think of anything, Job? <laughs> I mean, was that tough on you? Because it surely it must have been. You know, I have I am very blessed in that I have wonderful family and wonderful spiritual advisors and and people that I get input from and I did not ever feel like I was being judged or that those around me felt as though I was bringing this on myself um, because of some secret sin that I was hiding or anything else. And I also never blamed God. I, I, I really didn't. I'm not I'm not just saying that. I, I really never said, you know, God gave me this disease because he wants to teach me stuff. Actually, it was the opposite. God used some folks in my circle. Let me start with Mark Taylor. Some of your listeners, well, actually, you've had him on your show, so they probably know. Uh, Mark Taylor is known on YouTube and television and whatnot. He is known as the fireman prophet. Okay, Mark is a good friend of mine. I'm proud to say that. I love Mark with all my heart. Mark is, he's an unbelievable brother, and I'll tell you what, somebody to have my back through some of the dark chapters, Mark will lift me up in prayer at one in the morning if I if I need somebody to, to, to take a minute. He's yeah. the real deal. Yeah. Yes. He's just a genuine guy, just, just a big, big heart. Well, I found out that Mark, for years and years, struggled with similar symptoms, very similar path, a lot to do with the gut, a lot to do with adrenal burnout. Um, the reason that I was so tired is a condition called adrenal fatigue. 
my body was coping with the infections and the constant nagging of a soft infection all the time with those weak places in my colon. Because um, you got to realize, I didn't do anything diet-wise to, to help my body. So while my body is still just, I, I'm still eating Fruit Loops. I mean, I, I'm just full on just garbage processed, excitotoxin, artificial sweeteners, preservatives, dyes. I'm just putting it in my body and then asking the Lord, you know, what's going on in my body? Uh, no personal responsibility at all. Just, just absolutely toxifying myself, microwave burritos. And doing it all, get this, Sheila, doing it all because I'm so busy championing ministry for the Lord in my head, right? <laughs> yeah. That my temple is getting like the last ounce of priority. I'm just muscling through life, but I've got kids to raise and I'm and I'm doing the Lord's bidding and so I'm out there championing ministry. <laughs> so one day I'm in my devotions and I come across 1 Timothy 5 8. But if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. <laughs> And that hit me right in the chest. It was like, you know what? If we don't take care of our temples, we are just not going to be able to keep this race up for the long haul. We're just not going to be able to finish our race strong. We live in a society where everything we've been indoctrinated to believe that, first of all, most disease is incurable or it's something you have to manage through pharmaceuticals. And the idea of reversing it is often scoffed at. Secondly, that we are to farm out our healthcare decisions to a professional that just tells us what kind of medication we're going to stick down our throats because they're the experts and you know they know our bodies better than we do. And then finally, we just assume if it's in a grocery store that it's safe and that some agent of the government is in all of their benevolence regulating food and keeping us safe. It's the FDA or it's these supermarkets, these big, big box stores. They wouldn't want to get sued if people got sick and whatnot. So Mark tells me, I'm telling him all of these things I've been struggling with. I come out of my surgery, Mark, I don't know what to do. My symptoms have gotten worse. Imagine allowing them to take half of your colon, Sheila, and and you're only doing it because you think it's going to be a new lease on life for you, and then you find out that your symptoms are getting worse. The reason I brought Mark Taylor up is because I'm telling him all of this, and he's sharing with me his journey, all of this illness that he had been through, and he says, Joe, he goes, uh, Joe, you're talking to wrong people, brother. <laughs> Joe Horn does the Mark Taylor impression. Ooh, <laughs> very good. He's like, you need to talk to a holistic doctor, man. They'll stick you up straight away. It was not until I chose to go natural medicine route that I found lasting and real incremental healing. And here is the point, Sheila. Mark was absolutely right. He, too found lasting and wonderful improvement to his life. He went the natural route, the the use of natural supplementation to promote healing in the body. After I realized that none of the surgeries, none of the drugs, none of the pharmaceuticals, none of that was ever going to heal what was wrong with my body, I still needed an explanation. And I went to a resource. After I had kind of a bad experience with my first holistic doctor, I went all the way around this resource back to my chiropractor. He hears me over talking with my wife wife one day, he overhears me talking with her about this and he he asks me about it and we start talking and I find out my jaw hits the floor. This man, Dr. Joshua Vance, he's been through this with other patients. It's it's not this big thing. I had made it up into my head that I have to live life like this. He says, Joe, you don't have to live life like this. By the way, he ran blood tests I'd never heard of before. He wanted to know where my cortisone was in the morning, where, where were my adrenals in the afternoon. He wanted to know what my body was producing in the morning, how it was going to sleep at night, how long I was sleeping, what I was eating. This guy was thorough, thorough. Not this quick little seven minute, you know, doctor visit. He wanted to know 
everything. And believe it or not, through your saliva glands, they can tell how much uh, cortisone and adrenal hormone and use your body is producing and utilizing throughout the day at different times of the day. Wow. And so they, they can tell you at what stage. There's four stages of adrenal fatigue. Um, after stage three, it becomes adrenal burnout. It starts out with slight fatigue. I'm tired. You just need one good Saturday to sleep in. Your body starts coming back. That's stage yeah. one. Stage yeah. two gets a little more aggressive. By the time you get to stage three, I was at almost stage four. Mark Taylor was at stage four. Stage four is hypertension, heart disease. Your heart stops. You can't get out of bed. You, you may die. Yeah, I'm telling people right now, you do not want to ignore your adrenals. That is for sure. But another thing, Joe, I find that just has cropped up in the last few years. I grew up in the late 70s, 80s. I never heard of this ever. Gluten intolerance. I mean, every other person now is celiac. They're gluten intolerant. They have a gluten allergy. Everybody and their dog. Oh, I have gluten sensitivity. I ate wheat, barley, and rye and grains as a kid. My mom made homemade bread. I don't think it's a food allergy. I think it's a chemical allergy myself. But, you know, we never heard this stuff growing up. And the other one you mentioned, of course, leaky gut. I mean, that's all we hear now is leaky gut. So kind of interesting. Yes. Well, so what's happening is that there are a lot of people now figuring out that there is some connection to gluten with food. But here's the irony about gluten. Gluten is just one. There is a, there's a chemical in corn called Zane. Um, gluten just happens to be one of the popular ones that people will avoid long enough to feel the improvement after they've purged it from their diet. Have you ever talked to somebody that's off of gluten for about two months and then they tell you, man, I used to eat it all the time. Then I got rid of it. And now if I eat it, it makes me sick. Yep. So what happens is when you ingest something constantly, your body does an amazing job. It's one of the God-given functions. Your body takes over in a, in a state of survival. It will actually accommodate a pretty decent degree of being poisoned. And it will use the adrenals to keep you going, hoping that it'll be able to recover. When it starts to lose that battle over exposure after exposure after exposure, you know, artificial dyes, preservatives, pesticides, and vegetables, all of this, over time, it begins to lose that battle. And you develop what's called leaky gut syndrome. So while gluten is a really popular food sensitivity, and by the way, everybody has a gluten sensitivity, whether they know it or not. Their body is accommodating it if if they're eating it and they don't feel the nausea right away, but it is going to catch up with them. But let's talk for just a minute because I feel like if we don't if we don't explain to, to listeners that aren't familiar with what is leaky gut syndrome, I might be remiss and they're going to email you later. Okay, he talked about it a lot, but he never told us anything about it. <laughs> so leaky gut syndrome, what happens is your gut tube becomes inflamed basically as a result of all of these unhealthy toxins, all the things that we're constantly swallowing and introducing to it. When the lining of the of the gut becomes so inflamed, it literally spreads, and what happens is it can no longer digest all the uh, particles of food that you've swallowed. There's also a bunch of other stuff that's happening. Usually, stomach acid production gets weak, so you have ineffective stomach acid. Uh, usually, th- this also involves a, a, an unhealthy bacteria in your gut called H. pylori. And by the way, artificial sweeteners are rocket fuel for H. pylori. So MSG, diet pop, that's a whole show. Artificial sweeteners are rocket fuel for the negative bacteria in your gut called H. pylori that you don't want there. Helibacter H. pylori, you can Google that. Um, they compromise your ability to break food down and digest food and then pull all of the nutrients out of it that you need. And so the lining of the gut continues to inflame and expand and undigested food particles then slip through the lining of the gut into the bloodstream. This is where the immune system attacks it in the same way that 
that it would a common cold or a flu bug or a bacteria that you've picked up somewhere. And so your immune system never gets the chance to rest. So let's assume, Sheila, that you eat strawberries and you've never had a strawberry allergy that you know of, but you eat a lot of them. Your immune system, if it starts to detect these undigested particles of strawberry slipping through the lining of the gut and into the bloodstream, your immune system will begin to attack those cells and it creates an association with it, a memory of assuming that those particles are foreign. These are the bad guys, and so they they create a memory. Now, when you eat a strawberry, even while it's in the lining of the gut, it's attacking it. And while it's doing that, it's also attacking the lining of the gut itself. Does this make sense? Yeah. So your immune system never gets the chance to rest. And what does it do to keep you propped up, going to work, going through life? It deploys adrenaline, which now puts a demand on your adrenals, your constant demand for adrenaline to cope with life. So you might feel this in arthritis, IBS, um, inflammation. Not to be crude, but sometimes you're having trouble using the restroom properly. You can't stay regular or it's the opposite problem where you can't get too far away from the restroom, if you know what I mean. It can manifest in all those ways and, and pharmaceutical drugs are offered as a way to manage IBS or inflamed bowel disease or uh, if enough damage is done over time, you know, early onset Crohn's, things like this. Um, but here's the wonderful, hopeful part of this. Since so much disease stems out of the gut, when you reverse this process and you put leaky gut syndrome into remission through healthy diet, the avoidance of chemicals and foods that you have a sensitivity to, you can completely reverse the diseases that are a, a side effect of it. And there's many, many ways, and I don't know how much you want to get into this, many, many ways to determine whether you have a food allergy to something. There's what is called an IgG panel. IgG panel. Most holistic, naturopathic, homeopathic doctors will know what an IgG panel is, or they'll have some version of it. Some people use a Zytoscan. They have different ways of determining. If you can't afford that, there's a number of guilty culprits in the Time Bomb book. There's a list of about a dozen, you know, like peanuts, egg whites, egg yolks, things that people might not have even natively been allergic to, but they've developed a sensitivity to these things over time that could be contributing to the inflammation. And the, the good news is you can start enjoying those foods again once you get your leaky gut under control. For some people, they're able to reclaim their gut in about six to eight weeks. Wow. And for some, you know, it maybe it takes a year. I did my IgG panel, right? And I found out, here I was, I, I'm well into my natural healing. I'm, I'm using supplementation. And we waited a while to see if the initial more inexpensive routes would help my gut. I was still having some lingering problems. So I said, let's do additional testing. We did the IgG panel. And I found out that like quinoa, so healthy. I had a sensitive, I was taking ginger as a supplement for inflammation. Oh. I found out I was allergic to ginger. Oh. You know that old saying, a do, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away? Yeah. Well, unless you're Joe Horn and you've developed a, a sensitivity to apples, I ended <laughs> no. up, you know, an apple a day keeps the inflammation at, oh. at a 10. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> it's not as catchy and it hurts more. But the, the thing is, the essence of the Time Bomb Project really is just that. It's everything from what we're poisoning ourselves with, practical steps that really regular, ordinary Americans and people that want to take a look at this project can to avoid the exposures to these pesticides and to do it within a reasonable budget. There is almost more personal responsibility that is the hard part, more so than the financial e expense. 
Now, with you, it was illness. With me, it was injury. There's nothing worse than going to your doctor for three solid years and being told, even after you have surgery, you know what? I I just don't know. This is just inflammation. We don't know. Right. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So what are you saying? You don't know? I mean, it's just like, wow. Right, right. And I did not know until my journey put me there. I did not know, Sheila, as I was healing my gut and hearing all of these experts and their talk about supplements and so forth and, and how, you know, I'll give you one example. Dr. Joshua Vance, he has a patient's come in. This is one of the stories that he shared with me when I was at my ultimate low uh, to inspire hope. And by the way, Joshua Vance, he's a Christian. He's a wonderful believer. He's a staple body at the church he attends. And he's sharing with me that a 16-year-old girl had come into his practice and his mother was in a panic and she's a mess. She's 16 years old and they're telling her she's going to have a partial colectomy, the removal of half of her large intestine, the colon. And how can this be? She's 16. She just got diagnosed a couple of years ago with Crohn's. It continues to advance. It's getting worse. Um, and he introduces this idea. He said, now hold off on the surgery. Hold off on the surgery. Let's at least try a few months uh, with a therapy here. Aloe vera gel. Things like that can provide a lot of healing. Turmeric. Turmeric uh, is a wonderful natural inflammation fighter that can help heal the guts. There's I assume these are the things that he put her on. But anyway, six months later, she's running around. She's back on the volleyball team with Oliver Colon as if she'd never had Crohn's. And and she was going to be another candidate uh, for the same operation that I do. And listen, I can't get my colon back. And I did not know until they took half of it out. And then this all started to catch up with me and start talking to world experts. And I did not know at the time that the last 16 inches to two feet of your colon is very specifically put there by God for a reason. It happens to be one of the lengths that absorbs in particular vitamin B, which would have lent itself immediately to my overall fatigue. You start taking things out of the body that they're labeled as useless or, you know, we don't know why they're there. Or, you know, maybe when we were Neanderthals, they, they performed a function, but we don't need them now. And you find out later when they're gone, maybe God knew what he was doing when he put them in there. Yeah. Isn't it where they're always taking stuff out, taking tonsils and adenoids out when little kids are small? I had my gallbladder taken out for absolutely no reason. I was 18. And it's like, you know, you take things out, but you cannot put these God-given parts back in. God makes these things for a reason. You know, they tell women, oh, hey, you don't need your female parts. Just have a hysterectomy. Take out all your female parts. If you have breast cancer, just remove your breasts. I mean, it's just diabolical. I'm just not a fan of the medical system. I'm not a fan of the pharmaceutical. There, there's rare cases where I know that we have to have things like hip replacements. Sometimes parts wear out. In my case, I absolutely completely tore. It was torn in half my lateral meniscus. That won't heal on its own. Well, except with God's divine healing. But the point is, the toxic soup that we're being bathed in outside, the stuff going on with our franken food, we need to make healthy eating a priority. This is why I love Time Bomb, because it gives people practical things that they can do. I mean, because we're going to get into a few other things in the show, like the fact that why do men have the lowest testosterone of all time throughout history? That might be related to why we have 58 genders, is it? What's with these xenoestrogens, the stuff in all the plastic? Cancers are an epidemic, and it just goes on and on from there, Joe. Right. What we're eating is changing. I, I want to share something, if I might, with your listeners. Do you've heard of Dr. Mercola? Yes. So Dr. Mercola shares this about what we're eating and how they know it's changing the DNA of our children. You yeah. ready for this? So he says, 
it's now well known that dietary changes can prompt epigenetic DNA changes that can be passed on to future generations. For instance, pregnant rats fed a fatty diet had daughters and granddaughters with a greater risk of breast cancer. It could be that we're just now starting to see these types of generational effects showing up in humans, caused by our grandparents and parents, penchant for processed foods. If that's the case, then we have even more incentive to make drastic changes and soon because the disease trends we are now seeing are only going to get worse as much of the processed foods consumed today are not even food-based. So who knows what kind of genetic mutations and malfunctions we're creating for our future generations when a majority, all caps, majority of our diet consists of highly processed and artificial foods. As it stands, 90% of foods American purchase every year are process but we're seeing it now in our children so what what our generation sheila you and i what we got away with is not something that we're going to be able to expect from our children plus when you add the fact that the food strains are only getting worse there's no mystery in this to me at all why so many autoimmune diseases and cancers and stuff are popping up in younger and younger people faster and faster and more violently but but again the attack on what it is to be a man Xenoestrogens come from chemicals that are being put into our plastics, primarily in in, uh, things like shampoos, deodorants, lotions. Um, There's a chemical called bisphenol A. Do you remember a few years ago, this big thing about BPA, and then all of a sudden these plastic companies are labeling all their stuff, hey, we're BPA-free, and that's supposed to be healthy? Do you remember that yeah. whole big thing on I the did, news? I B- did a show about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. So you were, at, again, the, the front edge, you know, explaining all this to your viewers way before I arrived on the scene. <laughs> but there are, there are other chemicals like uh, phthalates. So even when you have a, pl- a plastic product that is BPA-free, it more than likely contains phthalates. And what they are, when these plastics are manufactured, they're often still drying and gassing out when fluids we're going to drink are put into these bottles. And then these, these uh, you know, pops and drinks and teas and whatever, they, they sit for at least a few weeks, usually months, before we consume them. Now, the xenoestrogens are in almost everything plastic in the country, but what they do is they're absorbed through the skin. Why, now, why are they used in, in lotions and deodorants? Because they soften the skin. They synthetically soften the skin. So you buy a shampoo, your scalp is absorbing, your skin is the largest organ of your body, your, your, your your scalp is absorbing xenoestrogens and you are left with this refreshing sense that your hair is softer and you have no idea the price that you've paid for that. But think about it. Every morning, xenoestrogens. When you get up and you run your coffee through a K-cup, and I'm not going to name name brands, but I'm just, most Americans have some variation of being able to do that. We won't say Keurig. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that. (laughs) Okay, I did. (laughs) There you go. Hey, but if if, if they're guilty, so are these other companies that copy the point is the lining of that plastic K-cup, xenoestrogens. So most most plastic in the country. So and, and then it's worse when it's heated up, right? So so hot water comes pouring through that and you get your coffee, you're off and running. Here's the deal. There is an epidemic now in this country, Sheila. Men today have testosterone levels only one third of those that our grandfathers did living in their prime. 
So speaking of when you ditch your Keurig coffee maker or whatever little pods you're using, and then you run down to your local barista or your coffee shop on the corner and the guy serving you has got a purple scarf on, skinny jeans, and they're handing you your frappuccino. Now, I don't know where other people live, but I'm going to tell you what. Every 21-year-old guy in my community, well, let's just say they're a little light in the loafers, Joe. I, I just grew up with really manly men, and I'm not used to all these little feminized males running around out there. Not all of them. And it's not just coffee shops, but I'm going to tell you when it comes to young men, something has changed, Joe. Something stinks in Denmark. You know what? So so you're on to something. You're using a little bit of colorful humor to say what I was going to say, though. There is a, a difference now in what people think of as men today. It's almost yeah. like evil. If you're a man and you're you're confident and you're you know you're you're out there and you 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 see yourself as leading your family and you're the head of your household. There's almost something now that the world wants to view as evil or self-indulgent. But it's it's worse than that. Yeah. So so. You, you know, I've got a I've got a case study here from the state of Michigan that, that spanned over the the 80s to the early 2000s. I'll share with you to, to make my point for me. The state of Massachusetts did a did a men male aging study in relationship to their total testosterone in 1987 to 1989, and they sampled like 500 men. Okay, between 1987 and 1989, the national average, excuse me, the statewide average in Massachusetts was about 501. So that would be on a sliding scale, 501 would. Be be kind of what they considered at the time like a normal national uh, uh, statewide average. Jump forward to 1995 to 1997, the same demographic, same age group, and the same state had dropped to a 435. Huge drop in testosterone. Wow. 2002 to 2005, same state, drops to 391. And I will tell you from personal experience, one of the things happening in my body during my time bomb crises was a, a, an avalanche drop in my testosterone. And a lot of guys wouldn't want to tell you this, but I'm just being honest. And if I can help somebody out, out there that's dealing with fatigue or emotional issues or stress or an elevation in anxiety that their logic doesn't seem to match up with, it could be that their testosterone has dropped and they're not aware of it. Mine was at 219. Like I said a minute ago, the, the men in this country today have only about a, a national average of a third of the wow. testosterone that their grandparents did. So my dad's dad. We, we have a third of the testosterone that he had. Mine was at 219 at the, at the height of my time bomb through natural supplementation. And I can unpack this for you if you'd like, because I know you had a, an email from a guy the other day that said, you know, that he'd heard about xenoestrogen, the decline in testosterone in men. But, but what do you do naturally? I can kind of explain some of the things that you can do immediately to start rebuilding your uh, testosterone. And these are the steps that I used. But today, as of about three months ago, and mine is still climbing, by the way. I expect to be over 500 soon, but it's at 486. What's a what's a good testosterone level to be at for a man, roughly? It depends on who you talk to. There are doctors that want men at about 700. And then there's clinics where you see a lot of folks that have had testicular cancer and maybe their body is struggling or has no means to now uh, create or produce testosterone. Uh, you might talk to a person there that say, you know, they want you at 1600 if you're you know, in your late 20s, early 30s, that kind of thing. So it, it depends on who you're talking to. But once it drops, let me just tell you this you don't want it less than 500. That is the national average right now as it stands. But here's the other side of this, Sheila, is the national average has lowered. What they identify now as normal is lower than it, than it was 20 years ago is the point. So 
once it drops below 500, now men, listen to me. What happens to most men is they start experiencing extreme fatigue, mood swings that don't match the logic. And by that, I mean you look at your life and most things seem normal to you. Your kids are healthy. Your job is not terrible. And you don't know why. You're just angry about something. Or the littlest, tiniest thing, suddenly you're just super anxious or you're like way, 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 way stressed out or even depressed. I cannot tell you, Sheila, how many men I know that secretly, now they've told me this in confidence, so I'm just, I'm not naming names, but these are people that you would not suspect as having grappled with depression. And I'm telling you that this testosterone thing is usually connected to this. And, And they'll tell me, you know, I'm a believer. I'm serving the Lord. I should not be depressed. My faith is in Jesus. And I'm telling them, look, there is a very strong possibility that you have leaky gut syndrome and that over time that has worn out your adrenals. And when your adrenals are tapped, this is for men and women, your body stops prioritizing and it doesn't prioritize the long-term things you need hormonally and so forth to stay balanced. That's one of the biggest reasons that you see so much with autoimmune dealing with uh, the thyroid and the liver and the kidneys and stuff like that. Your body's in a complete state of emergency all the time. It's just getting you through one day to the next. So men, if you're out there and you can't rationalize why in the world you're maybe having mood swings or depression or anger or whatever, no energy, no drive, no optimism anymore, it is very possible that you've ingested too many xenoestrogens and your testosterone and this is not some this is not silly this is not to be embarrassed about it's it's like a hundred bucks most places you can go get your testosterone tested for about a hundred bucks and they'll tell you within you know a week now does this also go with women with estrogens probably all over the map too right it does yeah so what happens with xenoestrogens is it it literally that your body receives them more powerfully than it does its own produced estrogen and testosterone so it completely a it hides jacks the, the, the sense that your body feels that it needs to produce these hormones. And xenoestrogens, by the way, are one of the leading cause of certain types of women breast cancer. It's also one of the leading causes for man boobs, you know, men producing too many fat cells around their breast area. And here's the crazy thing. You talked earlier, Sheila, about diseases we've never heard of and, and how there's all this stuff is on the rise that we never heard of when we were kids. When's the last time you heard about a man with breast cancer? But why does this matter? Like, I, I get it okay, so maybe someone is depressed, whatever. I'm, I'm here to tell you that, that hormone production has everything in the world to do with whether your body is prioritizing a good night's sleep, whether it's prioritizing whether you have the energy to do what you need to do healthfully throughout the day without deploying the adrenals. How many times have you heard people, Sheila, say, I can't sleep at night and I can't get it because I am exhausted? It is very likely that they've already joined the 80% of Americans now that are having gut-related, early-onset, prolonged disease that could lead to other nefarious things. When the immune system is being worked this hard, Sheila, like it is to keep up with the foods we eat, it does not have in the tank always what it needs to battle the beginning of cell mutation. Cell mutation is the beginning of most cancer. And what is the response to that? More pharmaceutical intervention drugs. When it is entirely likely, mostly likely, these can be treated with the same steps that you'd use to heal your leaky gut to correct the body's ability to heal itself to restore the hormonal balance that's out of whack in the first place and the moods and the autoimmune stuff and the migraine, all that stuff begins to subside. You really stand to find some very hopeful news if you did a little investigating. Maybe find a naturopathic doctor and visit with them about healing your leaky gut. And if you don't mind, Sheila, before I launch into another thing here, 
let me let me share a few examples of how a man, if he's listening to this broadcast, can bring his testosterone up naturally. You can do this naturally. Okay, so first you would want to determine through a, a simple blood test. Most clinics, most naturopathic doctors, your your traditional primary care doctor can tell you where your testosterone is at. It just takes a few minutes, and then a couple of days after they do the blood draw, they'll tell you where you're at. You determine that you're low, and you want that number to come up. First of all, you can lose weight and exercise, and you don't want to demand your adrenals. So the exercise should be appropriate to, to your physical condition and whether you're ill already. So you you know some of that some of that should be common sense, but you may want to get a, a professional fitness trainer to also kind of look at you and maybe get a clear from your doctor to determine whether you're walking or, or whether you're running or doing bicycle work or whatever. So I'm just blanket statements, but lose weight and exercise. If you want to look more supplements, vitamin D. And again, I'm not prescribing any listeners. So please don't put any of this stuff in your body before you consult with a doctor. Uh, D3 in particular, 3,000 IUs a day can really help boost your body's immune system and begin the production of uh, testosterone. One of the big ones is reduce your stress level. I can't emphasize this. No matter what ails you, whatever it is, try to reduce your stress. One of the really effective ways that I've been able to do this in my life is get some hot tea. I know that sounds kind of goofy. Get some good green tea, some organic green tea, and make a time at the end of maybe every day where you just take time to get into some quiet, just pray and meditate and drink herbal tea. Um, Limit or eliminate sugar altogether. And then one of the big ones is eat healthy fats like eggs, grass-fed beef, butter, potatoes, olive oil, blue cheese, pomegranates. And one of my favorites, I eat two of these a day, avocado. All steroid hormones have a structural backbone of a 17-carbon fat molecule called gonane. And this makes them fat-soluble hormones, so it's kind of like your body needs healthy fats as a building block with the with the promotion of, of healthy levels of testosterone. Um, some of the ingredients to avoid, excitotoxins are also guilty, uh, you know, exposure after exposure over time of things like Lou Gehrig's disease, Alzheimer, and a, and a whole bunch of other diseases that contribute to dementia. And they're in every diet pop. They're in MSG. They're in anything that has artificial sweeteners in it. And Sheila, I'm telling you, artificial sweeteners are in almost everything now. Meat patties, uh, breads, they're being used in almost everything. So you want to avoid MSG. Artificial colors, you can usually identify these on the back of the label. Pretty simply, they'll say red dye number five, yellow dye number seven, that kind of thing. A lot of soda pops have this stuff. Um, high fructose corn syrup, that that thing is a disaster for the pancreas. It's actually one of the guiltiest things behind belly fat and heart disease. In high fructose corn syrup, it's in jelly snacks, almost every kind of juice box. Your ki- Basically, if it's marketed for a child, it's probably got high fructose corn syrup as one of the biggest and first ingredients. That is a disaster waiting to toxify get, your child. Get rid of the Scooby snacks, folks. <laughs> uh, let's do a couple more of these that are really super duper common because we've talked about don't drink out of plastic bottles anymore for the xenoestrogens. One of the big, big ones, Sheila, on meats here in regards to meats Sodium nitrites and sodium nitrates. They use it as a preservative. You can find this in lunch meats. Most bacon. Well, I get turkey bacon. Okay, fine. Flip flip it over, though. You may find that there's sodium nitrates, sodium nitrites in it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's guilty of neurological disorders, a ton of cancers, colon, rectum, stomach, brain cancers. It is a disaster. And so, in fact, uh, doctors now say you can cut out your chance of about three different cancer types by as much as 30%, just not eating a lot of these 
processed lunch meats every day in your lunch. You know, you're building that ham sandwich, that turkey sandwich every day, and you're buying a commercialized pre-cut meat. You may want to rethink that. Um, there's all kinds of very easy to understand. Time Bomb is not an encyclopedia. It really is written for, for, for the regular, you know, ordinary shopper, the soccer mom out there that's too busy to, to become a scientist, and they just need good input that makes it doable. Absolutely. Oh, there's so many more things we can discuss. But listen, we're running out of time. So Joe, very quickly, give out how people can get their hands on this incredible book. Folks, you got to get this. Boy, Joe's done a lot of research and he's really taken a lot of the confusion out of all this for us. Because I'll tell you what, I don't have time to become a scientist. But let me tell you something, this book is it's a game changer. So right now they have an incredible deal because only Tom Horn gives the best deal to our listeners. So Joe, tell folks the incredible deal going on at Skywatch and how they can get this book. I know it's actually in the warehouse ready to ship. So tell folks where they can get this incredible book, Time Bomb. Absolutely. Sheila, thank you. The The Time Bomb book is available at the Skywatch TV store.com skywatchtvstore.com and right now we're offering the book and the companion DVD which is 5 hours and 37 minutes long. It has uh, a bunch of information from healthcare professionals naturopathic style doctors that use holistic natural medicine that are talking about a lot of what we've discussed in this program at, at even more length supplementation, ways to improve your physiology and repair your gut so the, the Time Bomb book the Time Bomb companion DVD it also includes all four weeks of the Time Bomb television series that's playing on syndicated television now with the Time Bomb weekly um, challenge that we're running over there. There's also a book in this package called Eat This and Live for Kids by Dr. Don Colbert. This is a fully colorized book with pictures and three-dimensional graphs, all kinds of very easy-to-follow uh, visual teaching charts and stuff that kind of help you help your kids get weaned off of bad foods with fun foods that they'll enjoy. We're also throwing in the Dead Pets Don't Lie book. We didn't even really touch on this, but it's basically the animal industry version of what we've been talking about today. If you have a pet and you want to know what's happening with that whole industry, the big commercial lies that you're being fed every time you buy commercialized dog food, cat food, that book is a, is a, a huge expose into that. And then also the Dead Pets Don't Lie companion DVD, which shows you behind the scenes pictures into these uh, commercialized uh, pet food plants where they've got animals piled high. Uh, it's not for the weak of stomach, but we we didn't get into this, Sheila, but would it shock you if I told you and your listeners that all across this nation right now in commercial pet food that euthanized dogs and cats from animal clinics are being recycled into the protein powders that are then sold and used in the commercial pet food? I don't even want to know what's in our food, let alone pet food. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the drug that's used to administer the lethal blow, pentobarbital, survives the rendering process and it ends up in a bunch of these commercial and I'm not talking about obscure go to a farm I'm talking about mainstream pet foods um, but anyway how to avoid that whole game it's over $140 value we're offering that at the Skywatch TV store right now for your donation of only $30 wow leave it to Tom Horn who by the way I gotta say I know a lot of people will laugh because you sound exactly like your dad you could have fun with that Joe I, I have <laughs> <laughs> 
when I was a kid in particular. I remember when I met Joe, he said, and you think you were talking to Tom all those times on air. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> it made you think, though, didn't it? Yeah, it did give me pause. <laughs> well, this book is really a treasure. Thank you so much for coming on the show and laying some of this stuff out. And I hope you come back in the future. Thank you so much for the chance to speak to your audience, Sheila. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Folks, that was Joe Horn, and the book is Time Bomb. And there is a link below. That's right in the description. The Time Bomb incredible package is linked there. Make sure that you get a copy of it. Hey, we are out of time tomorrow. And the program is the amazing Gary Wayne. Then Wednesday's Michael Lake and Thursday. Wow. You don't want to miss this one. An L.A. cop who was head of a rogue police gang. This guy was shot. He was busted for 10 kilos of cocaine. He went to jail, was supposed to go to jail for 20 years in federal prison, ended up doing 16. He's got a very powerful story and a very powerful testimony. Check that out. That is Thursday of this week. And Friday, we have a very special guest. We got a great lineup this week. Make sure that you are subscribed to my YouTube channel and make sure you are one of my patrons so that you can listen to all the shows. Thank you so much for tuning into the program. Good night and God bless.